you think you know me. On this day. Wow, Beth Phoenix does that so much better than I do, but let me talk to you. When Edge returned to AEW Wrestle Dream, which Tones and I watched, he will not be here today, but Cleve is here. Is by the way, before we get into the show, we're going to talk about Edge to lead off. We do have a plethora of good topics coming at you. We're going to hit him fast. It's going to be about a 35-minute show, and we are out. Uh, Edge, we're going to lead off, like I said, then NXT No Mercy recap, AEW Wrestle Dream recap, Fastlane predictions. Cleve and I disagree on something there. Do not miss it. Surprise for Fastlane, and then Johnny Gargano to end it as he returns. So, anyways, back to Edge, Cleve. This is exactly what I think AEW kind of needed right now. Um, you know, AEW, their main show Dynamite always does pretty good, but the other ones have been very much so tailing off, especially Rampage and Collision. After CM Punk left, there's, you know, there's just some distrust, I feel like, a little bit in the company. Um, and that won't stop me from watching week to week, but it could put a salty taste in the mouth. But when people get an edge return, I think that is so explosive and dynamic. Obviously, the one of the best to ever do it. And he he knows he has about a year left. And, Clee, before you get in here, and I want just your initial thought, what you're thinking now, what your initial thoughts were when you saw he came back. But I will say, for me, I totally believe he like he wants to put over new people. He's worked with everybody in WWE. He's going to be working right off the bat with Luchasaurus and the Christian Cage thing. But over time, he's going to work with so many incredible young men. And he has about a year left, and he wants to go out completely on his terms. Not saying that's not how it is in WWE with some Hall of Famers, but maybe Edge had like 80% of what he wanted to do. He knows in AEW he's going to be able to do all his creative mind and thinking and go out as Adam Copeland. So I think it's a boost for AEW, uh, a good move. Uh, for just as Jay Cargo, I think it was a great move for WWE. I think this is a great addition for AEW, and that being Mr. Adam Copeland Edge. What are your thoughts and how we do it? I definitely agree, Joe. I think it was a pretty solid trade off. WWE got Jay Cargo, AEW got Edge. I think of all the guys that have came over from AEW, from WWE to AEW, I think Edge is probably the biggest name. A year ago, you would have told me Edge was going to AEW. I probably looked at you crazy. But with the rumors and, you know, different reports going around that WWE wasn't going to renew his contract, it was sort of starting to become a real possibility. And Edge showing up was a very cool moment. I think with what happened with CM Punk rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And you get a guy like Edge come in that can take a lot of that negativity stink away. That, you know, these older guys, not every older guy that comes in is a selfish guy only looking for himself. I think Edge is coming over, like you said, to not only feud with Christian, his best friend, but put over a younger talent that AEW has over there. He sort of helped out Darby Allen. I saw that. It was Darby and Sting. And that was a really cool moment to see also. So I'm definitely excited to see the direction that Edge takes. If he does have a year, it's a lot to accomplish within a year. Only thing I would hope is that AEW just – I don't think Edge should hold a title belt over there. I think that at, if he only is going to wrestle for a year, then I think his main goal – if it's, I'm, I'm fine if it's like the TNT championship, yeah, which okay. Christian has. But definitely, I agree, not the AEW tight world title. 
I agree. A secondary belt wouldn't be too bad, but yeah, definitely don't. You don't need to put him in a world title picture because he's only going to be there for a year. Edge man goal is to feud with Christian and put the younger guys over. So I'm definitely excited to see the direction that uh, Edge takes. Adam Copeland, my bad. I got to get used to that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too, right? The name change always uh, gets interesting with how if they because things have to change. Like in his theme song, about Phoenix now sings the uh, intro of it at the very least. So you know, you have to do some minor changes. That's for sure. But yeah, definitely a boost to AEW. And I'm interested to see as we are about an hour and a half away from his first appearance on Dynamite tonight. Um, They said Saturday at Collision he'll be there. And then next Tuesday he'll have his first match because they're doing. Isn't it funny, Clee? First off, before we get into No Mercy, that uh, since it's Tony Khan's birthday Tuesday and AEW's for the is moving to Tuesday next week just for one episode. And then all of a sudden NXT brings on John Cena, Cody Rhodes, and Paul Heyman. Uh, real quick, I think NXT will win that rating, and mostly for this reason. People know Dynamite's on Wednesday, NXT's on Tuesday. For the people that don't follow social media and stuff, they're going to tune into Dynamite Wednesday and be like, oh, crap, it wasn't there. And NXT is still on the normal Tuesday. So I think NXT will outdo Dynamite next week. But it will be very close. Let's say you. Um, with I think with AEW, I mean with what NXT is bringing, I, I did see a lot of theories about that on um on Twitter. A lot of people are saying, I know some people are joking, like man, WWE's really feeling the pressure and whatnot. But I did find it quite interesting that not only do we see a Cody Rhodes appearance, we get an Oscar appearance. Oscar, I understand she came from NXT. Cody, little mystery about that. What's his big announcement? But John Cena in NXT? Who would have ever thought you would see John Cena down in NXT? And then you get Paul Heyman down there in NXT. I really think um, maybe WWE wants to flex their muscles a little bit. Maybe they're going to say, hey, you guys may have picked up edge, but don't forget that, you know, we're still the top company over here. And I think NXT has been doing pretty well. I watched the pay-per-view Saturday. I thought it was a phenomenal pay-per-view. I'm going to get into that later. But I think the direction where they're having the guys come down from the main roster to work with the young talent is doing wonders for a lot of the young talent because I think John Cena is going to be in um, Carmelo Hayes' corner and Heyman is going to be in Braun Breaker's corner. Am I correct? I... Yes, that is correct. Okay, and that's two phenomenal young talents right there. Carmelo Hayes recently lost to NXT champion and Braun Breaker. I think I can't wait till he come up to the main roster. He's another great young talent that's been thriving in NXT. So I think it's going to be a competitive show between the two. I'm really looking forward to see who puts on a better show. Yeah, and you know what got me going since you're going to talk about No Mercy NXT? That Trick Williams won the title and then lost it again to Dominic last night. I, I Probably because Trick Williams is being called up is what I would assume, maybe to the main roster. But why have him win it and lose it? That was like, come on now. Uh, but anyways, Cleve, give me your favorite match. Um, you know, there's seven matches you have to choose from. Give me two that really stuck out to you uh, in that pay-per-view. So the first one I'm going to go is Carmelo Hayes and Draga. I think that's how you pronounce his name. A very hard-hitting matchup between the two guys. Definitely two different styles. 
it was really cool to listen and i always say commentary plays a big part into the match also because they they tell a story while they're also telling you what's going on in the ring and draga was sort of he sort of put carmelo hayes in a weird situation sort of took him out of his game and you could see it throughout the match that he was fighting his way and he made carmelo hayes basically fight the style that he wanted to fight and then the finish was phenomenal the flying elbow off the top rope was just really really great to see so i thought that was a really good match also but the best match of the entire pay-per-view ladies and gentlemen was the women's last man standing match you talk about a hard-hitting match between two women shout out tiffany stratish hell of a star can't she's definitely going to do big things on the main roster also shout out becky lynch for going down to nxt and putting over the young talent but joe i can't remember the last time i seen a woman busted open in wwe i mean the hit that becky gave tiffany to bust her open with the chain was just pretty crazy to see we saw um what we saw a hammer i mean we saw little barbie dows i thought it was a phenomenal last woman standing match we even saw the swine time bun, which I think Tri- Tiffany Stratus does very cold. I mean, very beautifully, very um, trying to find the right word for it. But it's not as it's not better than Jeff Hardy's, but it does look a very good swine time bomb. And the finish was even great. The man bomb, the man handle on the steel chairs. I think that is easily a candidate for a match of the year, easily in the top 10 best match we had of 2023. And that. <clears throat> Can't argue much there. That was very well uh, said. I'm really not going to take too much away from that. Um, what I do want to comment on, it's funny, Cleve, that you mentioned those two matches. They both were the two longest matches of the night. Uh, how long do you think they roughly were? They were, and here's a hint, they were only 45 seconds apart in length. So you cho- you chose the top two longest matches. I think the Drago match was about 20 minutes, and I definitely feel like the Becky and Tiffany Stratus match, I'd go about 25 minutes. It definitely, last man standing match. Well, they were 45 seconds apart only. So you were correct in saying, though, actually were pretty much spot on with the first one. Um, The Dragunov-Carmelo Hayes match was 21 minutes and four seconds. And the Becky versus Tiffany Stratton was 20 minutes and 19 seconds. So they both just edge 20 minutes okay okay so yeah pretty long matches actually good matches too you're usually a long fan match uh which we'll actually argue about the timing of those very shortly the other thing i wanted to say on nxt no mercy um is that we talked about trick williams and dom i hope they do something big with trick now because otherwise what a waste to give Dirty Dom that title back. Um, Braun Breaker versus Baron Corbin was fun. That was only 9 minutes, 33 seconds, but it was very impactful on the what they did do. But going back to Becky and Tiffany, man, they laid it all out there. The jump from Tiffany out of the table versus Becky, it looked like a damn near broker. Becky could not wrestle last night because of a wound she had. She had to be patched up. So, I mean, just a lot going on in NXT. And then when Becky Lynch showed up last night, there was three women that wanted to compete for to fight her. And I got to actually look up the NXT results right now. It's Indy Hartwell. There's actually four women. Um, and I want to see the results from 10-3. Shout out to my mom. It was her birthday yesterday, so that was cool. Well, your mama uh, said happy birthday. Will do. So li- 
Lara Valkyria defeated Roxanne Perez and Indy Hartwell to, de- to decide the number one t- contender. So Valkyria will take on Becky next. But just good cards, seven total matches, very effective on NXT No Mercy. Now I want to talk a little bit about AEW Wrestle Dream Cleave. Um, this was obviously the big thing was Edge, which we let off with and talked about. I will say this. It was a long card, and me and my brother literally missed, and I hate to admit it, the edge part, because it went till like, it was, so it was on the West Coast in Seattle, so it went to like 11.30 our time. And at 10.30 after Sunday Night Football on that, uh, there were still two matches left. We're like, we know Edge is probably coming out, but we are beat. We absolutely, I mean, it had a total of, we watched the pre-show too, it had 15 matches I'm sorry, 14 matches and then the pre-show. So, I mean, that was a lot of time in its totality. And we made it through. We cashed out at right after the six-man team match. So we missed on FTR defeating uh, Aussie Open and then Christian Cage versus Darby, which led to Edge. But going up to it, we did enjoy the card. It wasn't a boring card at all. I would say, Mr. Cleave, that our favorite matches. I mean, I can't speak for tones, but the ones we were really, we, we always love Eddie Kingston. He defeated uh, Shibita in a singles match for the ROH uh, world champion chip. So we enjoyed that one a lot. Um, the young bucks defeated the Lucha brothers. Uh, it was like a four way tag team for a future tag team championship match. The young bucks want, it was absolutely awesome. That match. That was 12 minutes, 40 seconds. Uh, but the real good one, Cleve Swerve Strickland, man, I am liking him more and more, and I love his entrance song, former WWE Hit Row member, defeated Adam Hangman Page in a 20-minute and 15-second match. That was the second longest, no, third longest singles match, uh, Cleve. The first one, Christian Cage defeated, good for Christian, Darby Allen in a 25-minute and 25 second match. That's longer than anything on NXT No Mercy was. It was the longest on this card. So that's out of 21 matches, Cleve, that that was the longest match. Pretty impressive. Oh, definitely agree. You don't want to. Here's the thing about matches, too, right? A long match is great. I do love it. doesn't mean good. always it's good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You don't want In wanna, this case, it did. Yeah, because some matches, and I've watched some matches where. You can have a 15-minute match, and it feels like it really depends on the match. You know what I mean? Like, who's involved in the match? Because sometimes with two to, two of the wrong people, a 15-minute match feels like forever. You know, you look at your phone, and you look back at the match, it feels like it's still in second gear. And then sometimes you get matches where the 20 or even 30 minutes just feel like it's so much more story can be told um, with a longer matchup. And I think especially when you have certain stipulations involved, like a – hell in a cell, you know, a last man standing, something like that, you got to have about 25 to 30 minutes because I feel a 20-minute match just doesn't get the job done. But 25 to me is very solid, especially um, because of what took place after the match with Edge showing up in the Christian Cage and Darby match. So 25 to me is a pretty pretty solid time limit for a match, in my opinion. No doubt about it. And... um. Overall, like I said, good card. Uh, Cleve, think about a grade for NXT No Mercy. I'll say mine for Wrestle Dream right now. I was going to give it a 
B plus. I'm now going to give it a A minus, uh, moving it up a letter grade thanks to the edge return at the end. Again, thought that was fantastic and put a good cap. But now AEW, you've had three pay per views in the last like 35 days. Take a little break. You're usually the ones that do just four or five a year. And now there's a lot more going on. I know, but to me, you don't need to have one until the next big one towards the end of the year, beginning of the new year, in my opinion. Um, Cleve, what's your grade for NXT No Mercy before we move on to Fastlane predictions and uh, surprises? I'm going to go A. Um, like I said, for a lot of fans that know, I'm really not too big into NXT. I'm, it's not that I don't like it. I just really never get a chance to truly watch it. But I didn't do nothing Saturday. I just sort of sat in the crib and played the game. And then 7 o'clock I hear, I was like, hey, let me check it out. And from every match I've watched, it was a pretty good matchup. I was surprised to see a few people down at NXT. I didn't know Angel Garza and Car- the other guy. I didn't know they went down to NXT. But I gave it an A. I think it was an all-around well-done pay-per-view capped off by a phenomenal main event between Becky and Tiffany Stratus. Absolutely. And there you go. I mean, two good shows that we recap for you. And now we're moving on to <clears throat> Fast Lane in Indianapolis. Indiana at Pacers Stadium. Uh, that's the NBA team for people that do not know. Tampa Tones and I will be there. And we will be cheering on our people as the next day we go to Colts Titans. Go Colts as always. Screw the Titans. But we're worried about fast lane, Mr. Cleve. And the right now, they have five official matches. I am going to read them as so. And we will then predict them. Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a last man standing match. Really looking forward to that for the heavyweight title. Uh, what I think will be the main event, John Cena and L.A. Knight versus the Bloodline, Jimmy Uso and Solo with Paul Heyman in a tag team match. EO Sky versus Asuka versus Charlotte Flair for the Triple Threat Women's Championship that EO Sky holds. And then we have a six-man tag, Latino World Order versus uh, Street Profits and Bobby Lashley, where me and Cleve disagree on something, Cleveland and I. And then we have the Judgment Day, Damian Priest and Finn Balor putting up their tag team championships against Cody Rhodes and, yes, Jey Uso. That's not a mistake. It is Jey Uso. Main event, Jey Uso. Um, Cleve, start somewhere and just run with it and predict it. You pick the first one you want to, we, we want to discuss today. Uh, Let's go first match. I, you, you already said we're going to disagree, so let's just get this out of the way. I got Bobby and the Street Profits winning. Me and Joe sort of had a disagreement on how long the matches would be. I sort of said this match would be a 10-minute match. Really, I I kind of sort of feel this is a throwaway type match. Um, the real story to me, in my opinion, folks, and I've been saying this past few weeks, is what's going on between Escobar and Rey Mysterio over the United States champion. I think that Escobar will eventually turn on Rey Mysterio because he felt Rey Mysterio stole his opportunity this is also a great time for the street profits to prove to bobby lashley that they deserve his management his guidance that they he they deserve for him to be around but i i got bobby and street profits winning but like i told joe at the top before we went live this will be a 10 minute match at the most and we agree on the outcome i do think street profits and bobby win because they really want to build that faction i feel like lwo they're, they're always going to be a good fashion, but they hit their peak. I think like they sold a lot of good shirts and the, you know, Mexican colors, the Puerto Rican colors did a great job. Um, 
you know, with Rey Mysterio and all the others building it up, Selena Vega included. And now, you know, they could just win, sometimes lose, sometimes it just be a faction that holds some, you know, stability. Meanwhile, the newer belief that everyone's going to have in Street Profits being now heel with Bobby Lashley is something to watch. And I hope it really grows into something big. But I do think it will be more in the 15 to 20 minute range, more than. You know, let's we'll throw Cleef in that like nine to like or eight minutes to thirteen minutes. That's I'll even give him in that range. I'm thinking more than fifteen to twenty. And uh, with this many men and a bunch of athleticism, I mean, Bobby's the biggest one, but he ain't no big show great colleague. He can move like no other. So I think it's gonna be a phenomenal match and a lot of fun. Um, I'm probably gonna have a little more ampness towards every match just because I'll be there in person. Maybe I just made up a word with ampness, but I'm going with it. And I'm pretty just um, – I just couldn't believe the wrestling event pay-per-view, which I hope Pat McAfee – I mean, he lives in Indiana, Indiana, and I know he's gone for game day, which I'll have to look up where that is because he'll be there Saturday during the day. But you got to be able to think he fly back at night for this. Uh, Cleve, let's move on to Eosky versus Asuka versus Charlotte. I, we were at SummerSlam where we saw two out of these three. Bianca is the champ, and now EO is. But I think this will be one of the uh, – with the triple threat, I don't think it will be sure. I do think it will be in the longer variety. But I'll, my heart wants Charlotte to win this one to piss everybody off and to have her be the champ again. But I think EO at this point should retain. Um. Man, though, it'd be ballsy if you went back to Asuka. Cleve, I'm interested to see where you're leaning in this one. I think the best bet is EO to win. I think you made a great point. If WWE wanted to piss people off, hey, put back on Charlotte and have all them crybabies on Twitter crying again about, oh, you know, WWE always putting belt on Charlotte and whatnot. However, I think EO Skies need this defining win to take her title reign seriously. It will be as it's, it's, it would be like Trick Williams in a way, but you know he dropped it in about forty eight hours. She's been the champion since um, SummerSlam, and it just really feels like okay, what is what is the title reign accomplished? You know, I bashed Liv Morgan's title reign a lot last year when she won it, but at least she was defending it at each pay per view. Maybe it wasn't good matches, but she was defending it. I can't remember the last time Eo Sky actually put the belt. I think this is the first time. Well, she faced Oscar on a SmackDown, I believe, but. I think this is a real defining win, not only for the championship, but for her career, too, to let fans actually take her serious as a future star of this woman's division. I gave up hope on Oscar after SummerSlam. I'm still a little heated about that, watching that live. Whatever. They screw Oscar over every time. But EO has to win this one for anybody to actually take her serious as the face of the woman's division. Yeah, no doubt. And... um I'm looking forward to it since it's triple threat. It always adds that extra layer and triple the fun. So I'm all about it. Uh, I'll pick another one. Then we can go back to you, Cleve. I'll leave you with the two big ones, the heavyweight championship last man standing and the tag team. I want to see where your interest lies more. So that way we'll go to the judgment day, the tag champs versus Cody and Jay. Um, 
You know what? Screw it. I think Cody and Jay win this. I think they shock the world. The Judgment Day starts to lose some of their gold. I, I don't think Cody and Jay will have it long, but I think they're going to win these belts. And you know what? Just give them a little. I know it's the tag titles and Cody Rhodes and you know main event Jay now should be more in the singles. But screw it. Let's mess with things. They they'll be champs for maybe a few weeks, up to a month, and what will be a phenomenal match in my opinion. And let's keep stirring the pot in that Judgment Day. They're going down eventually. They're going down eventually. All right, fans. Now, my only issue with that is, you know, Cody and Jay are really just a thrown together makeshift type tag team. No real history between the guys. Course. You know, one guy screwed the other guy over out of his championship opportunity. But WWE loves to put these type of tag teams together. We've seen it in the past, both the women's and the man division. But the only way, Joe, I see Judgment Day losing this match is if something else happens later in the match, and I'm going to talk about it once we get to that match. The only possibility I see that. But if that doesn't happen, then Judgment Day retains. Dom just won the title back. I don't think you would make Dom win the belt, and then, you know, they lose two more. They just lose their other belt. So I think Judgment Day takes this unless something happens in the match I will discuss later. Yeah, and I think that's where we're going to head with your surprise. And mine is more coming in the match we're going to talk about now. Uh, actually, well, I'm letting you choose. Are you more interested in the last man standing heavyweight championship or the two-on-two Cena LA Knight versus the bloodline? I am 100% more interested in the um, last man standing match. Don't get me wrong. It's cool to see LA Knight team up with John Cena. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> However, I think there's going to be a great story to tell with the last man standing because I think we may have a surprise twist at the end of that match. Yeah, and here is what I'm thinking, Cleveland, why I have – so let me get this twisted. So just because I have them losing the tag titles, the Judgment Day, I think they pick up one here. So they have the North American title with Dom, and Ray has her woman's. I think what's going to happen is Shinsuke and Seth are going to blow it out, put on an amazing show, and then Damian's going to cash in and get the world heavyweight title. So that's the reason I have them losing the tag team championship. So then at the end of the day, when they enter Monday Night Raw, the couple nights after the pay-per-view fast line, they'll have three titles still. And that's though, when Finn really starts to mix things up and get mad because like, what's up with this guy having nothing as our leader or veteran leader, supposedly. Um, so then things will get real interesting. So that's my surprise twist on things. I think it's such a good match. Both men are laying flat. Damien takes advantage and ends up with the world heavyweight title. Man, John, we've been doing this show for so long. It's kind of like we think together. Think alike. I agree with the same thing. I actually was going to say Damon's going to. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody with the money bank briefcase to cash in on someone. A last standing match. A last man standing match is brutal. It's hard hitting. A lot of weapons. We'll definitely see chairs. We'll definitely see tables. A couple Kindle sticks. We'll see all of the works. At the very end, you'll probably have it where both Seth and Shinsuke are both exhausted, and then one gets up right before the 10 count. And as they're celebrating, um, Damien comes out, hit, hits his I can't name, I forget his finisher is really cool, and he's the new world's heavyweight champion of Raw. So, my question to you is, Joe, who wins that match though between Seth and Shinsuke? If you're gonna change hands on it, 
I would actually let Shinsuke win. Hear me out on this. Shinsuke get that short-term win. Um, just like Bianca did on Asuka. And then just like Bianca take a break, you have uh, Seth Rollins take a little break. So then that way Shinsuke and uh, Damian Priest could feud at it for a little bit and really go at things. So I would have Shinsuke win for a short term and then start that thing there. How about you? All right, so here's my th- issue with Shinsuke winning it. Because if Shinsuke wins and Damien cashes in two minutes later, you know what I mean? It's just like, all right, Shinsuke made it to the promised land, but he's only up there for two minutes. You killed two birds with one stone in my eyes. True, but you also don't want Shinsuke to take – this is the third match, I believe, correct? This is the third match between Shinsuke and Seth. Uh, second I or mean, third, yeah. Okay, if it's the second one, then it's – I understand, but I think – three losses in a row to Seth because I think Shinsuke is on a hot streak right now. I think this is a rejuvenized Shinsuke. Fans are invested in this Shinsuke. That would be only knock if Damien were to cash in is that, all right, he did all this work to build up Shinsuke and now he loses the belt. What a direction he goes compared to Seth winning it. Seth is already dealing with a bad back. You can definitely play that into the story where, you know, his back is so banged up from this last man standing match that Damien comes in, hit his finisher, pins him. You write Seth off until the Royal Rumble, three months. You give him away TV for a couple couple months because you want to make it believable. You, It's not even believable. I think Seth back is really messed up. So you give him time to heal up before the big season, which is mania season. So I'm going to go Seth only because I just think putting a belt on Shinsuke, especially for the first time and having him lose it, within two to five minutes just will really devalue his character that they've been strongly building up these past few months. All right. Well, you're wrong, but we got to move on anyway. So that's what we're going to (laughs) do. Oh, no. I love it, Cleve. Uh, Main event time. Let's get to it. The match I'm looking forward to most. I get my favorite pastime, John Cena, with my favorite guy right now, LA Knight, taking on Jimmy Uso in Solo Sokoa. It is going to be a phenomenal match and a fun one to say the least and further the bloodline storyline with Paul Heyman on the side. I'm going with Cena and LA Knight um, to put, you know, just this is the hell about keep putting LA Knight over, right? John Cena already had his match with Roman. LA Knight, we talked about last episode, we think we can get that future title shot loss going there, but why not if he can do it? Um, I think LA and John Cena get an awesome win. The crowds goes nuts. I hope we get a McAfee appearance somewhere in this. That's my second kind of surprise of the night is McAfee will show up at some time. Maybe even become the special guest referee in that match. Who knows? Cleve, over to you, though. You make an excellent point. They're building LA Knight up, and he's feuding with the bloodline, which will probably lead to him facing Roman at the Royal Rumble. So LA Knight and John Cena for the win. What do you think about a McAfee appearance? You think it happens in his home state? I think so. You mentioned he's going to be somewhere around Indiana. And just like last time when he was in Colorado with The Rock, he showed up to SmackDown a couple hours later, and it's his home state. So I definitely think we'll see a McAfee appearance. All right. And then we got a few minutes left before we get out of here, as we promised you a quick and great, excellent uh, recap of Wrestle Dream, recap of No Mercy NXT. And now we are on to Fastlane predictions and surprises, which we gave you. Um, and now we're going to talk about a surprise that happened on Monday Night Raw. 
Cleve, I'm in. I like Johnny Gargano a lot. He returned at the end to help out Champa to recapture DIW or DIY, excuse me, famous NXT tag team when they were always together, Tomasa Champa and Johnny Gargano. He came out to help as he was getting his ass beat by Imperium and Gunther. At the same time, it's not like an edge pop or anything like that. I mean, it's a good pop. I like Johnny Gargano, but. I don't know. Convince me one way or the other. Your thoughts on it? I know you watch Monday Night Raw. Uh, Gargano came up like a year ago and then went away for a bit. Now this is like his second rejuvenation. Where's your headspace at with that? I'm intrigued by it. Um, I think you know they really build Choppa up, and I just feel that it will do you a disservice to Chad Gable all he's been through to kind of put the belt on Choppa this um, this soon. Really, you know, really haven't been feuding going through it that long. But I do like the different story that they will in- introduce with Johnny Gargano, which I asked funny, like I told you at the top of the show. I said, damn, where the hell is Johnny Gargano? He shows up at the end. U.S. Network, I don't know why you skipped that part where they hit the finisher. Shame on you for cutting out <sighs> at 10 o'clock exactly. But it used I'm, to go to like 10.02, 10.05. You know, they would let it play out. Come on, USA. People pay to see this. But I'm really intrigued to see the direction that the DIY goes. Well, they're, they're a good part of the tag team division. You need new tag teams, real tag teams, not makeshift tag team, throwaway type tag team. You need real ones, and I'm really intrigued to see what a direction of the DIY goes. Yeah, I know. Sometimes just three simple letters, but not the easiest to always say. But I'm excited about it and to see it. Cleve, we're about to get out of here, though. I am pumped to get on the road to Fastlane. I have a weekend ahead of me with a wedding. I got a Colts win to get and Fastlane with John Cena himself. So I'm looking forward to it. Any Cleveland thought before we get out of here tonight? I just want to say thank you to the fans that tune in to us every week. You guys mean a lot to us. Shout out my Cowboys real quick. We went three and one. We got Niners this week. It's going to be a big game. And haha, Myron, your Giants suck. Mm. And I can't really back that one up. But like I told Myron, I'm rooting for the Giants, but they really, really messed up this week. So Tones is Bucks one. Congrats to them. They are on a bye week now. And we will be on a bye weekend until we get back next week to recap Fastlane and more. But for that being Cleve, this is me. God bless. Good night. And what do you know? We ended right on the dot of where we wanted to be. On this day, we see clearly.